You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Sanhart, the undisputed greatest NASCAR veteran in the history of the universe, and welcome to the race recap, Talladega Super Speedway, the Geico 500. It was a wild one. Uh, before we get into it, big shout out to our partner, Drip Drop ORS, the ultimate rehydration formula. Be sure when you go buy some of their excellent products on dripdrop.com to use the promo code GARAGEGUYS20. One more time, GARAGEGUYS20 at checkout and you may find yourself a pretty good discount there so uh keep that in mind going forward you might have you know it, it may give you save you some extra money that you can reinvest into my picks for future races and then you win and win and win and then you go back and buy more shit off drip drop it's like a revolving door it it, it would work perfectly now with all that being considered we're going to jump right into what happened today at Talladega? Well, I don't know. This this podcast might come out on Monday. So yesterday, today, whatever. It's late enough to where you can see the race replay behind me on FS1. I've been kind of tuning in back and forth as I've been prepping for this. But uh, no, there's no better show for me to have to myself than this one right here because I've been going to Talladega for a long time. Talladega holds a very special place in my heart. Being an NASCAR fan since I was crawling on carpet about, you know, three or four years old, uh, Talladega has just been such an awesome place. And I'm jealous of everybody who got to go. Congratulations for being able to go. One of the most attended events uh, since the pandemic happened in 2020. Just awesome to see the footage of fans all around the racetrack, inside in the infield, outside in the outfield. It's a great sign for the future of the sport and kind of, getting everything back to normal so very envious of that but i had a great time watching the race and it went super well for the betting side because of my boy brad keselowski keselowski however the fuck you want to say it i don't care i'll find 20 different ways to say it because that man just won me some serious cash today he led one lap and it was the one lap that mattered lap 188 well i guess in this case it was 190 or 191 because it went to overtime but a lot of key points to take away here that i think uh could have huge impact impacts on the season the rest of the season going forward and what we're going to see uh over the next few weeks and especially when we come back to talladega for a playoff race in the fall which i will be at i will be attending that race in person lock it down guaranteed now we saw so much today. Um, I think one of my favorite parts about this race, uh, as much as the crashes are an important element and they're always so exciting, NASCAR wants the crashes to happen. I don't care what they say. It generates excitement. It's an element that brings more fans in. It's the ooh, the ah, the, just the wow factor. We did not see a big one in this race today. And, you know, NASCAR gets a bad rap for uh, these plate races being – the cars just being so stable or, or so easy to drive because all you're doing is putting your foot on the floor and just slightly turning. Well, I think today 
more so in, than any of the other races that we've seen at Daytona and Talladega over the past couple of years, we saw some incredible driving. Uh, it's, it's, it feels like it's been a minute since tires really mattered. And on a lot of these pit stops, we were changing left sides. We were changing right sides. Brad Keselowski came down with, you know, a handful of laps left and changed four tires. So that was interesting to see that the cars seemed like they were a little more difficult to drive. I don't know what factors could have played into that versus uh, what, we, what we've seen in the past few races over the past couple of years because the aero package has not changed much since about 2019. Uh, in this whole deal. But I loved that. That was an interesting element because handling was more of a factor. Uh, you could tell just, just how much everybody was sliding around. There was just some excellent race car drivers out there uh, just performing at the top level. Now, we said there was no big one, but there kind of was. It just didn't include a lot of cars, and it really could have. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse gets into Denny Hamlin on the final lap of stage one sending Joey Logano around and he goes airborne. Very spectacular crash. Glad Joey Logano was okay, obviously. And then he had some choice comments um, that I think most of us have seen or have seen either watched it live or seen some reaction to it on Twitter or whatever it may be uh, post-race. And my whole view on this with Joey is he, he made a comment about, Oh, this happened with Ryan last year and we still haven't changed anything. Well, I mean, the, the crash that Ryan Newman had in the Daytona 500 in 2020 was one of the most vicious crashes of all time. And he walked away from that and was back in a race car within a few weeks. Uh, the, the concern with these race cars, uh, since they went to the car tomorrow, they, they really... And that was back in about 2007, 2008. When they went to the car tomorrow, they really had an emphasis on keeping the cars on the ground. Uh, and it really just did not work. It did not work. And as we've moved away from the COT over a 10-year span, we are seeing these flips more and more. And I see what Joey was pointing out. With that being said, with all the innovation and all the phenomenal technology in the sport, I just don't believe from everything that I've seen, I just do not believe there is a perfect solution to keep these race cars on the ground. I just don't see it. I don't see it. Now they are so incredibly safe. Like Joey also said, he gave tremendous credit to the safety and all the progress that we've made that he can drive that cup car and walk away from a crash like that, where the top, the top of his car has kind of been in, and Joey's kind of a tall guy compared to other race car drivers. So he talked about how the, the, the roll cage had kind of collapsed in on his helmet a little bit, which is not a surprise. But I just don't believe that there's a, a perfect solution to keeping these cars off, on the ground. It just historically, everything NASCAR has done has never worked perfectly. So I just half of what Joey said, I just think is heat of the moment he's pissed off he's upset but i don't see it changing i just don't i really don't it'll be interesting to see in 2022 how this package changes at the super speedways with the new cars i really have no idea what to expect so i'm kind of taking joey's comments with a grain of salt i also don't really like joey so there's that consider that in my comments as well but 
on the other hand, as Joey said 10 fucking times, on the other hand, on the other hand, on the other hand, yeah, we fucking get it. Look, on the other hand for Dale is that these cars that they're going to bring out in 2022, I just don't think it's going to, there, there's going to be any more solution to keep them, keeping them on the ground. Uh, there may be slight improvement because this aero package in particular has kind of, you've seen more flips over the past few years, definitely. But I don't see much changing. The safety is unbelievable. Uh, huge credit to NASCAR. And, and Joey gave that, but he was kind of bitching. So I disagree with him. But I'm also not a race car driver. I'm a fucking guy with a mullet who just bets on it. Now, anyway, speaking of the bets, we I, I kind of mentioned about Brad Keselowski winning me a lot of money. My picks for the race were Keselowski, Newman, uh, Bubba Wallace, Tyler Reddick, who was at plus 4,500 on my book. I mean, that just was incredible value. I had to throw something on it. And Eric Almarola. And a common theme I talked with many people about leading up to this race was Fords. Fords, Fords, Fords. Three of those five were Fords. I really like Bubba because his aggression at these super speedways, he's always involved at the front. He's just had bad luck recently. Couldn't seal the deal there. Uh, but I love his aggression. And I, he's always there at the end. So that's why I like Bubba. And I already said I like Reddick because of the value that he had at plus 4,500 on my sports book. Excuse me. Now, my other three picks, Almarola, Keselowski, Newman, all three Fords. As much of a crapshoot as it is at Talladega, Daytona, you can still use statistics. And as much, of a, as much as I don't appear to be like this because I love to drink beer, love to fuck around, bet, gamble, whatever, I'm a huge stats guy. And I, I, I constantly said it. I convinced my roommate today actually to bet on Keselowski. It's the only bet he put down was Keselowski to win and Keselowski top five. And look what happened. He wins a lot of money because of that. If you follow the statistics, uh, Brad Keselowski, including today, uh, has 25 races at Talladega, and it was his sixth win. He wins at Talladega just about one out of every four races there. That is an unbelievable statistic. And I said it in our Garage Guys uh, Fantasy Sports Discord when somebody was talking about it. I said, if anybody is due to win, it is Brad Keselowski. Because the stats point to that. If you go by statistics and trends, even at places like Daytona and Talladega, you can see that until, until this last streak of six Talladega races, I think before today, Keselowski had gone six Dega races without a win, which is the longest drought of his career. Uh, the most races at Talladega he had gone without a win previously was four. If he basically wins one out of every four, four and a half races, he is so incredibly due. And Team Penske with Blaney and Logano uh, and Keselowski, frankly, since 2015, have absolutely dominated this place with the Fords. Uh, Fords, I think, have before today had won seven out of the last nine, uh, seven, eight out of the last ten, some crazy statistic. And Keselowski has been a part of that. So – <clears throat> Joey had bad luck. I expected Joey to be there at the end. Blaney was there at the end. De Benedetto was there at the end. You had three Penske cars, which De Benedetto is not a Penske car, but he's a Penske affiliated race car. He has Penske power under that number 21 Wood Brothers Ford. 
you had those three guys running one, two, three on the final restart. I mean, that just doesn't happen by luck. You look at the data and it supports something like that happening because of how dominant Penske and Ford has been at Talladega. So I feel so prideful that Brad Keselowski was my number one guy. Shout out to Chef. Chef had a rough day on the DFS slate because of a late, I mean, his shit changed like that with a wreck at the very end of the race. So I feel for him, but shout out to him because he also had Keselowski as his number one pick. I just happened to put way more on it because of my confidence level. And also good for Brad because he's been super strong this year. He's had multiple top fives, just hasn't been able to finish the deal. And it's been a while since he's won at Talladega. Uh, Fall 2017, I believe, which is a race I attended because it was Junior's last one and I wanted to be there. That was the last time he had won at Dega. He had, had a big drought. And uh, he shut up the haters today. I'll tell you what. I feel like he was slept on because of that drought. People think he couldn't do it again. And he shut him up. And he drove a phenomenal race. And he was involved in that wreck where Logano flipped. So overcame adversity. And he led one lap, the final one. So big deal for myself. Big deal for Keselowski, Team Penske. Team Penske is just the topic here because the next thing I want to talk about is Matty D. Matt DiBenedetto ran such a strong race, got a very valuable playoff point uh, with winning stage one, I think. Led a bunch of laps, uh, was the leader on the final restart, made a questionable lane choice on the white flag lap, moving up to block Blaney when it looked like Keselowski had more of a run. I don't know if that was a, a Matt deal or a spotter deal, but you got to feel for him. He's so close. <clears throat> he ran second here before being disqualified, which was a bullshit call by NASCAR in the fall of 2020. Led a lot of laps that race. I mean, it's just absurd how close he is, really. And you got to wonder, is that win going to happen? Because he's on a short leash, you know. He is on a short leash with not a lot of time left. Uh, with Penske and a really good upper tier team to get that win. You would think it, it could happen at Daytona in the, in the, I guess Daytona's in the fall now. Daytona in the fall or back here at Talladega in the fall. But, you know, he, he's on a short leash because the performance has not been there to start off the season. Granted, he's had a lot of bad luck, but there's a lot of people who bet on Matty D today. I know Chase got a top five out of him, which is a good hit. Um but I saw a lot of people who bet on him because his odds were extraordinary. I mean, we're talking 60 to one, 65 to one. Um, at least that's what it was when the week started. I know it started dropping a little bit, but shout out to Matty D. He ran such a great race. And uh, I saw a tweet. Can't keep a smile off that dude's face, even in the toughest times, like when you finished second to Denny Hamlin at uh, Bristol in 2019. Man, that's tough for him. He, he had such a great race. And I'm really rooting for that guy. He's a very he's a very likable guy, and I really, really think he'll get a win before this year is over. I don't know where it's going to be. They're pretty strong in the mile and a half, uh, him and the number 21. I would think it'd be a Daytona or Talladega would be the best bets, kind of like Bubba Wallace. But, we, we <clears throat> excuse me, we shall see. It's going to be a fun rest of the season. And uh, Matty D is still, still chasing that first win, but – think he's got a, a lot of positives to, to take away from this race. Uh, next thing I want to talk about was Denny Hamlin. So I fucking hate Denny right now because I've bet on him a couple times this year. 
and he's fucked me over by dominating a race and then fading at the end. Today, he made some questionable decisions. Uh, he calls that one wreck. I think it was at the end of stage two, which I think we're getting to that point, actually. End of stage two, one lap down, was by far going to get – I mean, he, he was blowing away the next guy for the free pass. And he's racing like it's the final lap for the win, and he's not even on the lead lap. And then he causes that crash that, that hurt Truex, takes out Alex Bowman, William Byron, who recovered, Chase Elliott. I just I'm, – I'm, I'm pretty stunned by that whole deal. Uh, he made two crucial pit road mistakes that got him in that situation. He was super aggressive, which is the right mentality, I think, at super speedways, but – Surprised to see that out of Denny, which I'm glad I faded him because statistically, going back to the stats, Denny Hamlin uh, doesn't perform as well as at Talladega as he does at Daytona. You know, you can put super speedways, Daytona, Talladega in a mixed bag, but Brad Keselowski statistically doesn't perform great at Daytona. He has one Daytona win. Denny Hamlin dominates at Daytona, doesn't statistically perform well at Talladega. So you can kind of you could have kind of guessed that Denny, it wouldn't have been Denny's day, but he did lead a lot of laps uh, early on, especially before he kind of took himself out of the race and not even kind of, he literally did take himself out of the race. So uh, Denny is a topic to me because I was baffled by the moves that he made. And uh, I think the first wreck was more Ricky Stenhouse's fault. Um, Ricky looked like he thought, he had room to get behind Denny and he clipped him and spun Logano out. But when's Denny going to get that win? Uh, when we talk about Kevin Harvick, who ran very strong today, not having a win this year yet. I mean, Denny and Kevin won how many? I mean, they won 17, 16 races combined last year, zero at this point of the season. So it, and, and but and Denny's just been dominant almost everywhere and hadn't been able to get that win. So, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm tired of betting on him, and I'm glad I didn't today because I would have been fucking pissed. But all in all, it worked out. Uh, another thing I really liked about this race today, we talked about there was no big one, excellent race car driving throughout, but you had big-time diversity on lap leaders. Uh, William Byron led a, a bunch of laps. Harvick led laps. De Benedetto led the laps or the most laps, I should say. Blaney led laps. Almirola led a bunch of laps. Even guys like Ross Chastain, Eric Jones led some laps. Um, so that was really cool to see a bunch of different faces up there leading laps. And shoot, three, you know, three-fourths of the way through the race, I really was – I was on my toes saying I have no idea who's going to win this race. Ryan Priest led laps. I mean, Ryan Priest was – I think Priest was the strongest Chevrolet out of everybody, out of the entire fleet. Uh, the Hendrick cars weren't great. William Byron had a great finish, kind of rebounded there. But uh, out of all the Chevys, man, Priest was so fast. Uh, I did bet on him top five. Didn't happen. He is a wizard and typically avoids all the wrecks. He kept it clean today. Uh, I think he had a penalty at the end that put him back. But all in all, uh, the, the, the variety of guys that led laps and winning is more important than ever, obviously, with this playoff system the aggression level from most of these guys was, was awesome to watch. And the fact that these aggression levels were so high and we didn't see a huge crash was spectacular. I thought it was a, an incredible race. So 
awesome deal there. <clears throat> Losing my voice a little bit here. I have COVID-19 for like the sixth time. But I think the next thing we're going to do here, uh, we, we've had some good conversation about some details about the race as you're watching it behind me. Uh, I don't even know what point we're at. But it is time for the voicemails. We got four voicemails to go over that I've not listened to yet. Uh, Chase has listened to them. He sent them over to me. He said they're pretty good. So let me get these pulled up, these bad boys pulled up here. We're going to go over them. <clears throat> I'm going to answer your questions, thoughts, responses, whatever you got. This is the first voicemail. All it says is voicemail one. So here we go. Nighthawk here, boys. It's a Brad K payday, baby. We're slamming Brad K's all day. We're fucking bitches and getting money. We're smoking pot and drinking beer. <laughs> We're doing all the fucking cool things that the cool kids do. It's a Brad K payday. Bill Tanhart, you're the man. But I might be the boy. We pause that real quick. Shout out to David Starr. The piano that fell out of the sky and took out Noah Gragson when I had my retirement fund on him at Miami. I'll never forget that. But I'll also never forget how good the patty melt is. So you're welcome, David. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I might be the boy. I've got two NASCAR Cup Series straight picks. I've got one Xfinity straight pick and a truck straight pick all winners. Just saying. I'm not coming for the title, but... uh. You know, I just want to, I want to be recognized with Dale Tanhart as one of the best. That's what I'm here for. And also, I'm done with Tyler Reddick. We're still charity fight. It's on. We're boxing, buddy. <laughs> Me and you. Talk to you guys soon. Gotta love when Nighthawk calls in, all right? Gotta love when Nighthawk calls in. Nighthawk is a recurring visitor to the Garage Guys hotline. I love those comments, especially at the beginning. But um, haven't forgotten about the Tyler Reddick beef. We still want to set that up. Maybe some rough and rowdy. Um, Cheddar's parking lot kind of deal. Uh, <clears throat> looking forward to making that happen. Now, we could hire a Nighthawk to take over Xfinity for me. Not DFS. DFS is going okay. But I am the greatest in the universe except for Xfinity right now. I think he – you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong when this debuts, but I think Nighthawk did have Jeb Burton in the Xfinity race, which I did not think if that race had not got rained out, we would have seen a different outcome. I felt so good about my picks in that race, which whatever. But I have not gotten one winner in the Xfinity series right this year. So Nighthawk, <clears throat> if you want the Xfinity slate, you can have it. Okay. Well, maybe. We'll see. But, yeah, I sucked ass at Xfinity so far all year. And if that was going well, uh, it would be insane how up I would be. How My unit counts are so good on cup and trucks. Xfinity, abysmal. So, shout out to the boy. He's not the man, but he's creeping towards being the boy. So, Nighthawk, much appreciated as always for that. He's been on kind of a heater. He's in the Discord. He's very active, and he kind of throws in his, his input and is very interactive with us. So you might want to check it out. May want to listen to you some Nighthawk, honestly. 
uh, see what he's got for you. Don't don't listen to my Xfinity picks. Just don't. Let's go to Nighthawk for Xfinity from now on. All right. We got another one right here. Voicemail number two. Two more questions from Nighthawk here. I want to know, one, what Freddie Kraft was saying as Joey Logano was flipping in the air above him. Like, <laughs> what the fuck do you even say? You got a car high, like really, really high above you. Like, what did you say there? And two, was TJ Majors asking him to hold the brake? Joey Logano, when he was flipping through the air, I think he was probably telling Joey to hold the brake. That's just my best guess. I don't know. But uh, one more time, boys. It's the Brad K. Payday. Thank you for the reminder about the Brad K. Payday. Love that. Absolutely love that. It just made me rich. Um, now, Freddie Kraft is a spotter for Bubba Wallace for anybody that didn't may not have fully understood that reference. And Bubba Wallace had that incredible escape getting past Logano's airborne race car. Dude, I have no fucking clue what he could be saying right there. I mean, he probably was saying wreck, 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 or check up, check up, check up, check up. Go low, go low, go low. I mean, that's what I would think if we're being legit with that one. Now, with TJ Majors, <laughs> TJ doesn't ever shut the fuck up, which is why he's the best spotter in the sport. I mean, quite frankly, that's the best way to put it. They showed, I mean, in the broadcast, they they, they talked about, or they, they played some audio from TJ just giving Logano so much information. I mean, it was insane. I mean, I think Boyer said it was a novel. Uh, at some point in the broadcast when they talked about it. Now, I don't know what – I'm sure he was saying something. He was probably just focused on his safety, on if he was okay or not at that point. But that's an interesting question. An interesting way to put the question, too. But Bubba Wallace definitely shit his pants. Logano probably shit his pants. Glad they're both okay. Because um, it could have been worse. It definitely could have been worse if someone had hit Logano's car airborne, you know. But – uh we can make we can make light of it because nobody was hurt and uh, everything ended up okay. So two voicemails from Nighthawk. I'm not upset about that at all. Appreciate it once again, my boy. Reminder: Nighthawk Xfinity Series. Let's put it. Let's put it together. All right, voicemail number three here. Holy fuck, dude! Uncle D, tuning in live. And, you know, I think I put Hamlin and Logano in almost all my fucking bets, and I lost big time. I had Brad Kane a couple. Didn't do no fucking good. We lost. We sucked. Uh, I bet big time. My wallet's hurting. My old lady's yelling at me. It's a shit show. But, uh, hey, we went to Jago. We were there. We were alive. Let's fucking get it, dude. My fucking liver hurts. You know what it is. Uncle D. D. Uncle D. Uncle D. Man, I'm so jealous. I wish I was in – I wish my liver was hurting that bad, honestly. I did chug me, slam me a beer after the Keselowski thing, but I would have loved to have about 28 more uh, in the belly of the Talladega infield. But, Uncle D, I feel you. Uh, you know, I talk about the statistics. Hey, trust the stats, trust the stats. But it, it is – you know, I will acknowledge that it is a crapshoot. You know, there's no doubt that it is in, in certain ways. Um, you would have expected Logano and Hamlin to be there at the end. But, 
you know, it's a, it's a race of survival. You know, it's just a race of survival. The aggression levels were so high, like we talked about. You know, uh, sorry about the wife deal. Uh, I pray for your safety. I, I don't. I don't even want to get into that. I don't even want to get into that. Now, with the liver deal, I'm very proud of you. Very, very proud of you. And in the fall race and many races in between, you'll probably catch me doing the same thing to my liver and uh, blanking out my wallet at a lot of these places. So I feel your pain. I'm with you. And I'm very proud of you. So, Uncle D, much, much appreciated. I hope you had a fucking blast. Sounded like you did. That's optimism right there. You know, I, I love dogs because like the, this is off kind of off topic, but it's not. I love dogs. I'm a big dog guy because dogs are eternal optimists. That right there was an eternal optimist type of response right there. Hey, I just got fucked in betting. I just got ruined financially. But you know what? I had a great time doing it. That's what that's all about right there. That is what's awesome about NASCAR fans, the community, a lot of positivity, so much positivity. Let's go forward to the next one. We're going to have fun doing that one too. Even if we lose $30,000 and have to have to remortgage our house, we're going to have a good time doing it. So Uncle D, thank you so much for that one. We got one more voicemail here. I think it's this one. Let's make sure. <clears throat> voicemail number four. This is not a kid's show, FYI. Not a kid's show. We hate kids. And then you get there. And then something, 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 something just don't smell right. Just, it just don't look right. <laughs> and then ultimately you realize it wasn't all that what you thought it might be. And you had to... Uh, Basically, you just had to uh, maybe pull the pants back up, tell her you ain't ready, and then eventually send her back to the house, right? We all don't have that moment. Don't lie. Well, that was Daniel Suarez in my NASCAR lineups. Something just wasn't right. Hold on a second. What a gateway. What a what a gateway. I could not I you know, I consider myself and, and Chase especially on um, being so creative. That had to be one of the most well thought out creative gateways you could have done, Wes. I know we're not done yet. You probably I, I don't know how much longer we got, but hold on. Incredible gateway there. Very inappropriate. I'm all for it. Love it. <laughs> 
Anyway, the rankings did good in Tony Max. Went to Chase for my little one lineup in the big tournament. Put in some Suarez and boy, did he stink. I ain't doing that no more. It's all good, though. It's all in fun. We'll yeah. do it again next weekend. Peace out. Wow. I don't even know where to start with that one. Um, I'm not going to comment on the experience that he talked about. But I will comment on, you know, as much of a, of a straight better guy I am. I'm just naturally a straight better more than a DFS guy, which, you know, my DFS, my DFS work for trucks has been a hit all season long. For Xfinity, it's so-so. And I don't really do as much cup because I'm so focused on the straight betting side. Last two weeks, I've done only a handful of lineups. Um, and I've kind of used Chase and Drew's rankings, projections, and, and who they like. And I've kind of taken a little from both, a little bit from both sides to kind of formulate my lineups, plus what I think. And – Dude, the last two weeks, they have been on the fucking money on a lot of different things. Uh, I won pretty good money last week. What, what what race were we at last week? Was that Martinsville? I think I did pretty well at Martinsville. I may be wrong about that if it was Martinsville. But uh, I know I, I went positive on DFS. And then this week, I made one lineup uh, with, you know, what I thought plus what Drew put and what Chase put. And it was a $50 buy-in. Winner wins like 5K and it trickles down on the payout structure. Uh, 50 to win 200, quadrupled my value. Huge shout out to them. Wes, you're right. You're right. The, the rankings and everything seemed like they were pretty on point. Now, Daniel Suarez was, we're not there yet. It looks like, you know, we're at the Credit One Bank sponsored ones to watch or whatever. So anyway, at the end of that race, Suarez was in the top 10. And in that aerial view that you saw on the white flag, he got shuffled out. I think he got sideways, almost wrecked, saved it, but he went onto the apron, had to come back up and lost so much track position. I don't know where he finished, but that probably killed a lot of lineups. Um, I know Eric Jones crashing, you know, eight yards from the finish line fucked up a lot of Drew's lineups. It's just crazy. I mean, you could be on point for 99.9% .9 of the race and then the .01 coming to the checkered flag, the white flag, two to go, can change everything. So much appreciated of the, with the call. I might have to find some of that Suarez Cuervo tequila that you mentioned. I've never heard of it, but I'm going to have to look for it now. But that's Wes, another recurring caller. That's some good stuff right there. I really, really enjoyed that one. It, it was, a, as Clint Boyer would say, a novel, but it was damn worth it. I wasn't sure where we were going with that, uh, but I was so impressed with that gateway. Holy shit, that was such a good gateway. But um, once again, you guys, uh, we tweeted about it. That's my, I think my second interaction with the voicemails doing the recap. Call our hotline number. I don't know what it is right now, but we always talk about it. We always post it. More interaction, the better. It makes it really fun for us, and it's really fun for all these guys that, that call in, and some of them are pretty consistent callers. So um, that's really, really fun. But I'm probably running – I could talk all fucking night about NASCAR, especially with what we saw at Talladega. 
Uh, I think I've gone over the big talking points. Our next race, we're going to be in Kansas next weekend. Uh, good mile and a half racetrack. Had some good finishes there last year. So season's kicking along, man. It's exciting. It's so exciting. Uh, I'm going to start being at more of these races going forward. We've got some big things planned. And uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, I will be doing the Garage Talk. Uh, I have a special, my first ever special guest driver. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is. We're going to have to wait to find out. But I'm super, super stoked about it. It's going to be exciting. Once again, shout out to Drip Drop ORS. Garage Guys 2020 promo code when you check out. Get you some more money saved up to take my picks. Because we're on a bender right now with a cup and trucks. But don't do Xfinity. We're going to give Xfinity to an expert like Nighthawk. Shout out to everybody who called again. Shout out to Chase, Garage Guy Chase, Chef Boyardine. You can find their handles on Twitter. I am Dale Tanhart. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram at Dale Tanhart. Thank you so much, Garage Fam. Really enjoyed it. Love the voicemails. You guys keep that shit up. We'll see you guys at Kansas next weekend. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks again. It's the garage guys. 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 It's the garage guys.